Two words to describe Janet Palicelli are strong and truth seeker. She is a strong woman. She is filled with a spirit of boldness. You'll see through her story how strong she is. Plus, she's the woman that's going to be the truth teller, seeking truth. She wants to know what the truth is, and she wants to share it with you too. You're going to love this conversation. Here we go. Janet Palacelli, otherwise known as Janet P. That would be so much easier. <laughs> Welcome to the show. We're so glad you're here. Um, you know, it's funny because you said when you got married that your pastor even said your last name wrong. So I'm like, Janet Palacelli, Janet Palacelli. What? How do you say it? Am I saying it right? <laughs> and then oh we're like, gosh. how about Janet P.? <laughs> yeah. There you go. Janet P. works. <laughs> Thank we're you glad for you're having here. me, yeah. Alita. You're a wife. You're a mother. You're a teacher in many different capacities. Um, I'm just so glad you're here. And I have a very important question for you. What have you and God been up to lately? That is a great question. <laughs> and I love that question. And the answer is I have really been finding out who God is. And it might sound weird for anybody, anyone who knows me. Um, they know that I've been a Christian basically my whole life. Um, so it's kind of weird at this point in my life to be finding out who God is, but yeah. really that's the truth of it. And if I had to boil it down, that's how I would describe it, that I'm really finding out in a fresh way on purpose mm. who God is. Yeah. And, you know, I even went to Bible college and my degree is in Bible. It was a school yeah. that gave uh, everyone's major was automatically in Bible right. just because they had so much emphasis on Bible. So uh -huh. you could minor in something else, but your major was automatically Bible. So it's not like I didn't know who God was before, but um, I have been really looking at him in a fresh way lately. So yes. I love that question. So my word for the year is fresh. So when you nice. said that, I was like, oh, yes, oh let's talk gosh. about that yeah. fresh. And, you know, just because you know the Bible doesn't mean that you have a relationship with Jesus. It doesn't true. mean that you have an intimacy with God. That is true. So what has brought you to this point of finding this new, mm -hmm. newfound God? Yeah. Well, that's a great question, too. And I would say, and I totally agree with you, that just because you know the Bible doesn't mean that you have an intimate relationship with Jesus. And... I think years ago when I first began to really have an intimate relationship with Jesus, I had gone through something very difficult. And so it's very interesting that yeah. now I'm at this point in my life and digging in, getting a fresh perspective on God, kind of pulling in toward him again as a result of something difficult. Yeah. So um, my family and I, a couple of years ago, went through something really difficult with our church. And there was a betrayal that happened with church leaders that was something I couldn't have imagined, even in my wildest nightmares. I couldn't have imagined it happening. And um, really what that did for me is it 
really brought me up short and made me question things I honestly didn't think it yeah. could ever make me question. Like, um, you know, difficulties do a lot of things in our lives. We have to go through the stages of grief a lot of times as a result of difficulty, stuff like that. I expected those things. Right. I think what I, I know that what I didn't expect was for my faith to be in question. Mm -hmm. And, um, I'm looking back, I think the reason that that happened was really because um, the betrayal happened with church leaders and people that I trusted. And, um, you know, when people that you trust and you expect to be representatives of Christ, when they are capable of doing things that are so anti-biblical, um, it really makes you question. It made me question, yeah. who is this God that I'm serving? And I might, and it might sound kind of strange. Um, it even sounds strange to me now saying yeah. it to you. It's like, why would my faith be shaken as a result of that? But I think what happens over the years, if you've been a Christian for a long period of time, is you do start to kind of rely on the community that you have around you and the church and yeah. everything. And you do expect them to be sort of, well, representatives of Christ as yeah. they should be. Now, none of us are perfect. And I'm certainly not saying that I had that expectation sure. of them. Um, and I've certainly let down my own share of people, unfortunately, because I'm not an accurate representation of Christ yeah. all the time. But the level of things that happened and the amount of things that were kept in the dark when the Bible is so clear that things hidden in the dark are bad things and anything that is good is going to be in the light. Um, that all just really threw me for a loop. Yeah. Um, it kind of turned my whole world upside down, if I can be honest. Yeah. And so the result of that was that I had to ask myself, like, what am I going to do about this? Yeah. Either I am going to choose not to believe anymore because that, if that, is who God is, yeah. who all these people are representing, then I don't want him. Or am I going to look again yeah. and see who is God and try to look at him from a fresh perspective? Yeah. Um, and, you know, I have in the past really had deep, precious times with God. Yeah. So the making the first choice of just kind of kicking my face to the curb didn't seem like the right choice. In the Psalms, it says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Mm -hmm. And I've tasted and seen that the Lord is good. So it just didn't feel right to do that outright. Yeah. Um, but so I chose the second option, and that was to just say, Lord, who are you? You know, you need to tell me who you are yeah. because at this moment, at this point in time, when everything has been turned upside down, yeah. I don't know who you are. Yeah. And literally I would open my Bible and I often with tears, like actually crying. But even if I weren't actually crying, I wasn't actually crying. I'd be crying out to God and mm -hmm. saying, God, show yourself to me. You need to show me who you are because I don't know anymore. I really want to know who are you? And, you know, Jeremiah 29, 13 says, 
you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. And that is truly what I found. That's what happened when I did that. Yeah, that's so good. Seeking truth. Yeah. And it's there. It's there for us when we look for it. And sometimes, you know, we really do have to dig in. You know, you will seek me, find me when you seek me with your whole heart. So it's not just like a, "Eh, I'm going to read it and see what this says. It's a real search that God is describing there. At Women of Faith, we not only care about your spiritual health, we care about your physical health too. In fact, the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians that our body is a temple of the Holy Spirit and that we are to be obedient to Him by taking care of the body God gave us. Our new sponsor, Faithfully Fit and Free, shares this belief and they're driven by a passion for helping people achieve a healthy body, a healthy spirit, and a healthy mind. You can visit faithfullyfitandfree.com to discover products that give you more energy and support your immunity, along with superfoods, personal care, and more. I personally love their mission and their products because I feel incredible taking them, and I know you'll love them too. Plus, when you place your first SmartShip order, you'll receive a free devotional. Check out faithfullyfitandfree.com, where the focus is on a healthy body, a healthy spirit, and a healthy mind. When life gets hard, it helps to know you're not alone. If you or someone you care about is battling anxiety or depression or loneliness, our comprehensive collection of classes and resources cover more than 100 topics like these. All of our classes are based on biblical truth, giving you hope beyond what the world has to offer. Sign up to watch the Women of Faith collection of classes at Liftable TV and start moving toward the freedom you crave. We envision a world transformed by women living victoriously with Him. We prepare our kids to be able to speak up what they, for what they believe in. God wants to provide for us all the wisdom and the knowledge that we need. He wants you to have a group of friends. He wants you to feel like you belong. He wants you to be in community because we're made for relationship. Watch over 80 diverse Christian programs, including the Women of Faith show and classes on Liftable. I think when I have gone through difficult times and I dig into the word in a fresh way, Mm -hmm. he does give new perspective. That's what's so beautiful about when we're in the word, when we're in the Bible, Mm -hmm. he does give us, Mm -hmm. it is called the living word for a reason. All of a sudden something stands out. It's like, whoa, I never noticed that before. I can read the same verse Mm -hmm. over and over and over years and years and years. And then after reading it 50 times Mm -hmm. or a hundred times, all of a sudden it's like, oh, I never thought of it that way. Yes. That's what's so cool about reading the word. It's amazing because it's it's not even like we didn't ever know that stuff before. It's not like it was new information. And yet, just like you're saying, it's new in that moment. It's new in a, in a, a, it's a different way than you saw it before. And I really felt like God answered my prayer when I was asking him, God, you need to show yourself to me. Um, he was really answering that prayer and he was saying, okay, don't believe who other people have told me that I am. You need to believe who I tell you that I am because I will always be 
who I say I'm going to be. Yeah. And when he says, you know, in first John, it says in the father is no darkness at all. I was like, ah, okay. God is not somebody who hides truth. God is all about truth. God is truth. You can't separate him from truth. And what a relief that was to me. Yeah. I think you mentioned um, to me previously, you felt vulnerable Mm-hmm. Because you're like, well, what is the truth? If I don't know what the truth is, yeah. then I'm out there mm-hmm. wandering around. Yeah. So how does that work? And yeah, that is really how it felt to yeah. me when we went through what we did because it just felt like so much of what I counted on had been taken away. And it's funny that when things get taken away, that's when you realize that you were counting on them. You know, I didn't really know that I was counting on the things that I was, but I felt like, you know, older men in the church were kind of fatherly types to me. And I, my parents don't live, well, my mom passed away when I was young, but my dad doesn't live close to me. I counted on these sort of fatherly figures to, um, be around me, to love me, to care for me. And when all of that was taken away, it was a very vulnerable feeling. Just like, I'm just kind of left here high and dry. I, I kind of felt like I was exposed to, uh, it's a weird feeling. I wouldn't have expected that either. And yet that's how I felt. Because I feel like you, and like I said, we've known each other for a long time. When we have conversations, it's like, we start right in about God's truth and right. and the topic. I remember one of the very first topics we ever had was we we're talking about love and how to love well and mm-hmm. what is First Corinthians thirteen love and mm-hmm. how, what does that really look like. And so every time I've talked to you, it has been this conversation of how do we get closer to God. I mean, ultimately, yeah, I feel like you and I have been godly friends to one another mm-hmm. to lift each other up and have those conversations. That yeah. I need to have. Yeah. I need that. And, and I, think I do too. Those real relationships with God at the center. You know, mm-hmm. we talk about marriage being my husband, GJ, and Alita, and Jesus is up here, and this triangle mm-hmm. of as we get closer to Jesus, GJ and I get closer to Jesus. Uh, Jesus. And at the same time, it's the same with you and I. Mm-hmm. The closer you get to Jesus, the closer I get to Jesus, the closer we really can come together. And yeah. I think having those conversations about things that truly matter. Mm-hmm. And then when, if that relationship, that betrayal is ripped out or the, the relationship is ripped out because of the betrayal, it's difficult because yeah. it's like, where, how did that happen? Right. Yeah. Exactly. I, I mean, we really do need those relationships with each other. Yes. They, you know, it's that, that idea of iron sharpening iron. And I feel the same way. Every every time I talk to you, I feel, you know, encouraged and yes. challenged and inspired and I'm ready to go again. And I love that. Yeah. And um, yeah, when you, when that does, when that gets taken away, it's there, it's kind, kind of multi- faceted because there's loss yeah, and you grieve that loss, but you also feel, well, it's the betrayal aspect of it that makes it even harder than just loss itself. You mentioned truth under attack. And I think hope is under attack. I think we'd agree upon that. What's your take on that? Yeah, I, 
I do agree. And my husband and I were just talking about this the other day, how, you know, at the end of 1 Corinthians 13, which you mentioned also, um, it says now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. Um, But the greatest of these is love. But I think all of those things are under attack right now. Truth as well. That wasn't in the list, but faith, our faith is under attack. Love is being redefined, but hope is listed in there. And and we see that. We see that Mm -hmm. in culture today, how... Um, there's a lot of hopelessness, I think, around us that yes. maybe is unprecedented, at least in my lifetime. Yes. I've never really seen it on such a, a wide scale. And, you know, anyone who's got teenagers and you know this, um, you know, kids in, in high schools right now are, you know, struggling with depression and yeah. anxiety like never before. Teen suicide is crazy and it's scary and it's really all around us and it's not limited to just the teens either you know it's right. it's all over across yes. the board we both know people who um are really struggling and feeling hopeless right mm-hmm. now and um i myself have felt hopeless in the last couple of years i would say in ways that i never had before and part of that is related to what we already talked about part of that is related to the fact that um you know, my social life kind of basically went away with all of that, even before COVID. And then COVID hit, and then we all were suffering from that same thing. And um, and and then the truth component that's, you know, you can't ever really seem to know what the truth is out there anymore. One person is saying this, one person is saying that, one news outlet is saying this, one person is the other news outlet is saying the exact opposite. It feels like you can't know the truth anymore, which is why it's so important to get straight back into the word where the truth is found. But um, so I've experienced a hopelessness, I think, in my own life that I haven't before and or to the same degree anyway. And, um, you know, one thing I think about that is that a a good reminder about that is that hope doesn't come from our circumstances. And we kind of tend to think that it does. And especially in our society, in our country, you know, our country is sort of everything is geared toward comfort and convenience and we have what we want. And, um, you know, we we don't struggle with some of the same things, most of us that they do in third world countries and so on. And, um, you know, hopelessness is really just not supposed to be a part of our daily lives. We are, we kind of cultivate this culture around us to keep ourselves in a safe and hopeful place. A passage I really like and always have is from Lamentations 3, where he's talking about actually the fall of Jerusalem. If you look back at the history of what was happening at that time, Jerusalem has just fallen and the Jews are taken by force out of Jerusalem and into Babylon. So they're in exile. This is not their choice. And the writer of Lamentations is saying, you know, I remember my affliction. I remember all these difficulties. And then he says, yet this I call to mind and therefore I have hope because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. And then he talks about God's mercies that never fail and that are new every morning. And what a good reminder Mm -hmm. to us. And again, I would not be reminded of that if I had not 
gone to, chosen to yes. go to God's word. I have to continually choose to go back to God's word yeah. who then brings me those gems and reminds me, okay, look, yeah, his situation was dire, but he chose not to look at what was happening around yeah. him and instead to look to God himself. Yeah. And when you have an eternal perspective, it's one thing that I've just been so focused on lately. Hmm is that eternal perspective. Yeah. It's actually not about this lifetime. Right. It's about eternity. Yeah. For everyone. Right. Not just me, not just you, but for every single person. And, you know, on the hopelessness, everybody is looking for faith somewhere. They're looking for hope somewhere. Mm -hmm. They're looking for love somewhere. Yeah. And, you know, the song is looking for love in all the wrong places. Well, people <laughs> right. are looking for faith in all the wrong places and hope for uh, in mm -hmm. all the wrong places. So true. And the only thing that actually that we can have faith in, that we can have hope in, that we can truly love is God himself. Yeah. And it's like, if we just make it that simple, yeah, we have the answer. Right. And I think we as Christians, I, I've really been um, stirred by this spirit of boldness. Mm. How do we be bold in our faith mm -hmm. and live out a life that is... Um, attractive to other people. I'm not talking about law of attraction. I'm just talking about <laughs> being in a way, living a lifestyle yeah. that would be attractive. Like why would somebody be, um, want to have conversation with you? How do you have influence over them? I talk about life leadership all the time, having influence over other people mm -hmm. so that the ultimate goal is to bring them into relationship. You know, our purpose right. is to love God, mm -hmm. come closer and closer to Jesus, have an mm -hmm. intimate relationship with him. Yeah so that we can bring others right. to Jesus. Yeah. So that mm -hmm. they can have faith, hope, love, <laughs> right. truth, all of these things. And I think that's one of the things we have um, chatted about before is living a life that you can be out in the world, mm -hmm. but not of the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. And, you know, it is so important. And I think... I can get into my head about that, but really I think it comes naturally, kind of like you're talking about, it comes naturally when we are spending time with God, yeah. then it just is something that kind of flows out of us yeah. and people can't help but notice it. You know, it makes me think of another favorite passage of mine that's from um, 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 3. And it talks about how Moses, when he came down from the mountain, he had to put a veil over his face because he had just looked at God and his face was all like filled with the glory yeah. of God. Right. And then the verse, verse 18, I think it is says, and we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory mm. are being transformed into his likeness with ever increasing glory. And that's what that makes me think of what you're yeah. describing, because if I'm looking at him, that idea of reflecting, yeah. if I'm looking at him like a light, which he is, he is the light, then my face, my countenance, my whole being, my character are going to reflect mm. who he is. Wow. That's really good. So I heard um, a friend of mine share she said, are you seeking the hand of God 
Or are you mm. seeking the face of God? Mm. Are you seeking, God, what are you going to give me? What are yeah. you going to give me today, God? Mm-hmm. You know, you just look for his hand. I, I want this. I need this. Can yeah. you help me with this? Yeah. Or are you looking at God and his character, his essence, yeah. his love? And are you seeking his face? Because that yeah. is what's going to change who we are and transform right. us. And the countenance, mm-hmm. um, I think that's such a good way to put it. When you uh, are Sometimes the more you're around somebody, you start to look the same. Uh-huh. Have you ever noticed, right. like, even yeah. like they say that about husband and wife. Sometimes. Right. <laughs> They're like all of a sudden you guys look the same. What is know, up? You know, I or know. friends. You start buying the same jeans. You start right. buying the same shirts. You start using the same hairdress. You start looking more. But the same is true with Jesus. Yes. When we are face to face with him. Yeah. And we know him more and more intimately mm-hmm. when he transforms us, renews our mind, when he yeah. changes us. Yeah. All of a sudden we start to look more and more like him. Yeah. Do you want to experience a deeper relationship with Jesus? Join me for inspiring conversations that will equip you to walk more fully in God's purpose for your life. On my show, you'll meet a wide range of guests who are impacting the kingdom in meaningful ways every day. Check out the latest episodes only on Liftable. It is so easy to get caught up in asking him for the things that we want or the things Mm -hmm. that we know, even what we feel like he needs to do in us to make us more like himself, which is kind of funny because really it's not even so much that it's, it's the spending time with him and looking at him. And that is what's going to change us. Practically speaking, what does that look like for you? Practically speaking, um, I try to be in God's word every day for sure. Um, I'm, don't always manage it. And, but one thing that's really important to me about that, and I grew up in a Christian home, but my parents didn't actually teach us kids about having some sort of like a devotion every morning or anything like that. Mm -hmm. I didn't even really, to be honest, hear that word devotions until I was maybe in high school. I remember I had gone to camp and everybody was talking about morning devotions. I didn't really know that word or that concept, even though my family were believers. And um, it is something that my husband and I have taught our boys now, but it's And I strongly agree with it and believe in having like a morning time, starting off your day right in the Lord, you know, surrendering yourself to him and asking him to be the Lord of your life that day and all of that, starting your day with some of God's word so that you're kind of getting on the right footing. But one thing I don't like about that concept is it can, it doesn't have to, but it can sort of start to feel like something that you check off. Mm -hmm. Like it's the first thing that you check off in the day. And then you go on with the rest of your list of things to do. And you don't look back at God's word until the next morning, maybe, you know, and you know, a lot of parts of the Bible talk about being in God's word in a very different way than that, you know, the pray continually kind of idea that's there or Psalm one, blessed is the man who on God's law, he meditates day and night. You know, he's planted, he's like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in season and everything he does prospers. Like that's the kind of person I want to be. So I'm not achieving it by any means. And certainly 
nobody think that I am. But that is my goal is to be somebody who meditates on God's law day and night. And I'm not limiting it to first thing in the morning or yeah. whatever. And so, yes, a first thing in the morning habit is really good. Habits are super important yeah. to develop, but let that habit turn into something where it gives you a hunger for God's word so that it's throughout the day, mm. you know, and if you have a, you know, verse of the day app or whatever that you're using, that's great. That's a good reminder of God's yes. word at some point in the day when it pops up, but don't let that be. The thing. The thing. Yeah. And that's so limiting mm -hmm. what God wants to do in you. Yeah. He has so much more for us if we would just get with him. Yeah. How do you figure out what that is, though? Like, again, I, I feel like I say practically speaking so often. So what does that look like? How do you really get to the point where it's a fullness? Yeah. I remember... Okay, read the Bible. Okay, worship. Okay, pray. <laughs> right. <laughs> Check, right? right? <laughs> and as a new believer, I think that's where you have to start because yeah. you don't know anymore. Right. You don't know anything yeah. else. Yeah, yeah. So how do you grow to the next level past that? Yeah. How do you learn that? How do you actually have a fullness over time with the Lord? Yeah. I, I, and again, that is such a good place to start is just having that yeah. habit of, you know, putting into, it into practice, setting aside some time mm -hmm. every morning or whatever. But um, I, I think like anything else, practice makes perfect. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. um, when you get out of the habit of something, then um, it kind of goes away. Yeah. And I've definitely seen that in my own life. Spiritually dry times in my life were always my fault. They were always because mm -hmm. I got distracted by watching TV every night or whatever it might be. And so the thing for me is just, I'm really trying to practice better habits of, you know, starting in the morning, but again, not letting that be the focus and yeah. also not even worrying about it too much. If it doesn't happen yeah. in the mornings, mornings are busy often. And sometimes, you know, you wake up and you're just running around like a chicken with their head cut off, you know, yeah. and you have so many things you've got to get going right away. And the real key to me is just to have more of that soaking yeah. in God's word. It's good. Um, but again, practice. It just takes it, practice. Yeah, it's so like true. anything else. What's something that has been thought provoking for you lately? Something that has been thought provoking for mm -hmm. me lately. Um, I think going back to what we started with, talking about, you know, the difficulties that we go through in life. Something that has really made me think about, um, again, I talked a little bit about how it drew me to the Lord because I was asking him to show me who he was, yeah. but it also highlighted for me something that maybe I hadn't paid too much attention to before then, which is that there's kind of like a character vacuum, I feel like, in our society, in our country today, where... Um, people are treating each other so poorly. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even in, even in the church, even in Christian circles, it's, we're, we're not immune from that. You and sure. I aren't even immune from that. And, you know, I think we're all very blessed if we can say that we had good parents who taught us how to 
treat other human beings with decency and respect, you know, but not everybody can say that, especially these days. And um, I just see that more and more where the, the things that we might have taken for granted are not really being taught to the younger younger generation, mm-hmm. not being exemplified even by the older generation a lot of times. And, you know, it I think evidenced by things like cancel culture and just the hateful things that people say to each other yeah. on social media and whatever and don't think anything of it. Like, yeah. those things are not okay. And I don't know, in a sense, how we got to that place. Yeah, what advice then would you want to give our listeners you know, with that issue, what do you think some solutions are? That is a really good question. I think it's something I've been thinking quite a lot about. What are some solutions? You know, when you have a lot of kids who don't really have good parents and then they're going off to school and maybe they have amazing teachers, but those teachers have, you know, 30 kids in their classroom. They don't have, they barely have time to teach their subject matter, you know, certainly don't have time to teach each kid how to, um, treat his neighbor properly, (laughs) you know? Mm -hmm. And so, um, I think a lot of times it's left up to the church to do it. Uh, parents send their kids to Sunday school and then youth group hoping that that's going to do it. But that doesn't happen either because it's the same situation as the teacher in school. Mm -hmm. How does one youth pastor or Sunday school teacher really um, manage to to teach that? I, I, unfortunately, I think a lot of that responsibility is the parents' responsibility and it's not really happening. So I don't know if we need more... I don't know. I mean, the the bottom line is that character happens when we become more like the Lord. Yeah. And so when a whole society cuts God out of it in every way that they can, right. on every level that they can, yeah. I think this is what you end up with. All right. We have three questions left. The Janet Pease. Just kidding. Janet Palacelli's. See, I got it, didn't you I? Did. You did. Hey! You nailed it. <laughs> well, Jan- not, not everybody can do that. <laughs> I practiced. That's an accomplishment. See, you said See? practice makes perfect. Here <laughs> and we go. you did, and you got it. <laughs> Janet Palacelli's truth bomb. What do you got okay. for us? The one thing that maybe when somebody walks away, they're like, that's the one thing that she said. Yeah, um, I... For me, it really just comes down to spending time with God and in his word and getting rid of the extras. You know, Mm -hmm. I think so many times we feel like we have to have a person speaking into our lives, telling us about God's truth Um, has to be the right pastor. It has to be the right church. It has to be the right environment. Um, Maybe we have to do a Bible study and there are so many great Bible studies out there and, you know, they're, they can be very helpful, but really for me, it comes down to just cutting all of out all the middlemen and just going straight to the source and God himself, his word, that's the source of truth. And you're not going to get it the same way from anyone else. I think the godly people that we surround ourselves with are so important. Yes. Bible studies that we read, whatever, those things can be so important and helpful, but they're supplemental. Yeah. And really 
the main thing is to get alone with God and pour out your heart to him. I have a friend who always used to apologize for the way she prayed. And I was always like, no, you pray so great because you just dump it out. And that's what God, God wants a sincere heart. Mm -hmm. So if it's sincere, he does not care how you word it, how well you say it, how eloquent you are. Um, So pour your heart out to him, but even more importantly, listen to what he has to say. His word is the truth. And again, he is who he says he is. And he's going to be there when we search for him. So, yeah, I love that. I love your passion for God and your compassion for others, Mm -hmm. that you just want them to have what you have. I do. That, That really is it. I really, really, really want them to have what I have. And I want me to have a lot more yes. because I know I don't have nearly as much mm-hmm. as I could have. Mm-hmm. And that's obvious to me whenever I'm spending time with God's word, because inevitably I will have wasted time not long before that. And then I'll be in God's word and I'll be like, see, why do I forget? I've got yes. such a bad memory. Why do I forget that it's so beautiful? Yeah to be in God's word and so satisfying. Yeah. Uh, because we all do it. That's why. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So have some mercy for yourself. Yeah, true. (laughs) Some grace for yourself. Right. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I am cheering you wildly. I love this conversation. So thank you for being here. Oh, I love having conversations with you too. So thanks so much for having me. Thanks, Janet P. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Alita R. I don't think I've ever been called that before. (laughs) They don't need to. Everybody knows how to say rental. This show was brought to you in part by Faithfully Fit and Free, ICCI, and OneShare. To learn more, go to womenoffaith.com.